Good morning, this is Ryan File from the Mail Tribune, and you're listening to First Thing, the weekday podcast where I run down the day's top stories. You can listen to previous episodes and other podcasts done by my colleagues at mailtribune.com podcasts, or by using the Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud apps. It's Friday, July 27th, 2018. First up. An explosive wildfire tore through two small Northern California communities before reaching the city of Redding, killing a bulldozer operator on the fire lines, burning three firefighters, destroying dozens of homes, and forcing thousands of terrified residents to flee. Flames swept through the communities of Shasta and Keswick before jumping the Sacramento River on Thursday and reaching Redding, a city of about 92,000 people and the largest in the region. The so-called car fire is, quote, taking down everything in its path, said Scott McLean, a Cal Fire spokesman for the crews battling the blaze. Residents in the western part of Redding who hadn't been under evacuation orders were caught off guard and had to flee with little notice, causing miles-long traffic jams as flames turned the skies orange. When it hit, people were really scrambling, McLean said. There was not much of a warning. Many firefighters turned their focus from the flames to getting people out alive. Really, we're in a life-saving mode right now in Redding, said Jonathan Cox, battalion chief with Cal Fire. We're not fighting a fire. We're trying to move people out of the path of it because it is now deadly, and it is now moving at speeds and in ways we have not seen before in this area. Some residents drove to hotels or the homes of family members in safer parts of California, while other evacuees poured into a shelter just outside of town. A reporter with KRCR-TV choked up as she reported live updates about the fire before the station had to go off the air later. Two news anchors told viewers that the building was being evacuated and urged residents to, quote, be safe. Next up. The harrowing presence of smoke and heat didn't deter thousands of country music fans from enjoying the first day of this year's Country Crossings Music Festival. Despite the triple-digit temperatures and, at times, unhealthy air quality settling at the Expo and Central Point Thursday, a light breeze helped festival-goers hold their spirits high and sing to the live music without having to cover their faces in a smoke-protective mask. The Country Crossings Music Festival, which is expected to draw 20,000 people throughout the four-day event, kicked off at noon Thursday. The festival features a mix of up-and-coming and and local performers, as well as headliners Cole Swindell, Alan Jackson, Brad Paisley, and Eric Church. In anticipation of the heat and smoke, Country Crossings set up an on-site mobile hospital staffed with two doctors and numerous other medical staff to care for festival-goers. Medical personnel will be wandering throughout the grounds at all times, and festival staff consistently will monitor air quality levels. The mobile hospital has N95 protective masks that are offered freely to festival-goers and about six misting barrels that have been set up around the venue for people to cool off. We've had a ton of people coming in here with heat exhaustion or heat-related problems, but there have been little to no respiratory issues all day, said Linda Chappell, an RN. It just hasn't been so smoky today, but we're prepared for if and when it is. And last up. Campers at Oregon's coastal state parks can have campfires again, but beachgoers must remain mostly flameless under eased fire restrictions, announced Wednesday by the Oregon State Parks and Recreation Department. Campers visiting places such as Harris Beach State Park near Brookings and Bullard's Beach State Park near Bandon can have campfires in state-built rings or fire pits after a nearly one-week ban on state parks' campfires because of extreme fire danger. Self-contained propane fire pits with shutoff valves are the only flame source allowed on Oregon beaches, which are public and managed by the Parks Department. 
These pits are also allowed at coastal parks and coastal day-use areas. The flame ban remains in effect elsewhere, including Valley of the Rogue State Park near Gold Hill and Stewart State Park at Lost Creek Lake, where visitors to the day-use area still have to tiptoe around wildfire crews camped there. The ban applies to campfires or cooking fires using wood or charcoal, as well as propane fire pits. Cooking with propane or other gas stoves with turnoff valves are allowed at inland state parks and day-use areas. The bans are in effect for a week at a time, and state parks officials revisit them each week. Visitors planning a trip should check for up-to-date information on campfire status by calling the State Parks Information Line at 1-800-551-6949. And that's it for today. Be sure to check out full versions of all of these stories at our website, mailtribune.com. And if you want to stay connected to us throughout the day, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Have a good one. Stay safe out there.